You're listening to At The Half. And now, Jackie Ray. What up, what up, what up? What's good? How you feeling? How's everybody doing out there? Once again, it's your girl, Jackie Ray. This is At The Half on Nightcast Media Backstage iTunes, iHeartRadio, wherever you listen to your podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I am so sorry that I missed last week, but I was one of those people caught up in that Southwest fiasco. I'm still mad about it. It it was a lot, but I'm here now. I'm excited about it. We have so much to tackle, so I'm just going to just dive into this first one, and I'm going to have to look at my time like a lot because this is one of those topics that I could do the whole show about this topic. So let's just dive into it right now. We're going to get into Dave Chappelle. Um, I'm disappointed. Let me just go ahead and say that I am disappointed in the way the LGBTQ community is handling this situation. Because for me personally, as a heterosexual, you know what? Let me say this before I get into all that. Let me just get a few things out the way so we can... We can approach this together with an understanding of who Jackie Ray is, right? Don't call me cisgender. Don't call me cisgender. First of all, because when I say, hey, sis, I mean, hey, sis. I, I understand that it's spelled different, but it sounds the same. I don't like being called a cisgender female. I don't need a title. I am a biological female. This is how I came out. I didn't do nothing extra, literally nothing extra yet. Maybe when I'm older, I'll do something extra. But I've literally not manufactured my body in any way, shape, or form. I don't do anything outside the norm of who I should be as a female. Maybe I wear a little tomboyish stuff or whatever. But as far as any modifications to my body, anything that is outside the norm of a female, I don't do. I'm a female, period. Anything outside of biology, that's what needs the titles, okay? Trans female. What's the other one? Uh, Some flu, whatever. I don't know. Trans female, lesbian, um, female presenting, male, uh, feminine male, all that extra stuff, that needs titles. And I'm not saying that disrespectfully, but we ain't over here asking for titles, Stop giving us titles that we didn't ask for. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Second. (laughs) I said this a long time ago. It's still on my YouTube page. Go check it out on my YouTube page. Um, Just look uh, up my fanatic or Jackie Ray, J. Ray the fanatic. I can't remember what my YouTube handle is, but just look it up. You'll see it. So when I went out and I was marching with the George Floyd situation, I had a huge problem seeing Black Lives Matter to my left and trans Black Lives Matter to my right. And the reason I had that problem is this. The struggles are not the same. There are struggles within the trans community that have nothing to do with being black. There are struggles in the black community that a trans black person is going to get just because they are black. Trans people can be racist. A white trans person a la, what's, uh, what's her name? Caitlyn Jenner said some very racist stuff. 
since being a woman, she said some very anti-feminine stuff, i.e. she doesn't think that um, we don't, we have the right to choose. You see what I'm saying? There's levels to this. I am not one of those people. I don't operate in this whole gray area that we as humanity have created. I have, you ask anybody who knows me outside of me, my persona in the world, and they will tell you, Jackie does not believe in gray areas. Jackie believes <laughs> that gray areas are created by men. Everything else is, is up, down, right, left, in, out, male, female, right, wrong. I personally do not exist in gray areas. I choose to not exist in gray areas. I subscribe to what my father told me. You can't control what happens in the world, but you can control the world around you. So my world around me fits what I want it to fit. I highly recommend that you all do that. I understand what you, some of you guys are thinking. Well, that might mean that we're doing segregation. We doing it now anyway. And y'all know, I'm, I, I don't know if integrate, I still don't think integration was the best thing to happen for us. But at the end of the day, I don't have a problem with anyone that I deal with in at my job, when I'm out in the club, things of that nature where I know I have to interact with other people. But when I come home to my house, my house is going to operate a certain way. That being said, I don't have a, I don't understand how y'all as the trans community arrived at this, that Dave Chappelle is hateful and transphobic. And I feel like if you arrived at that. So now let me tell you this. I did have one problem with the Dave Chappelle show. Dave Chappelle, I absolutely positively love. I have always positively loved him. I have always struggled with his use of the N-word. Anytime I have a friend that's a comedian, I had to, I had to stop being friends with him on Instagram because every single one of his stand-ups is riddled with the N-word. First of all, I, I, anytime I see a black person using the N-word around white people, I think something wrong with you. Let me just be clear about that right now. Something is wrong with you. If you are trying to normalize a word around a group of people, if they use it, kind of deserve a backhand. That you're weird for doing that. And when you are on a platform and there's people sitting in front of you who are white and you looking at them and with the N-word, 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 something is fundamentally wrong with you, in my opinion. Dave Chappelle included. But the difference between Dave Chappelle and that friend is I only have to watch Dave Chappelle once. That friend was just all in my timeline. I couldn't take it. So I had to unfriend him because I just, I don't like that. But that was the only part. And I knew going into watching that Dave Chappelle show that I was going to have to figure out a way to get past that. Because if I don't get past that, it's going to be difficult for me to really hear his message. When he was doing the Chappelle show, there was commercial breaks. <laughs> so I could take a beat. But I was like, all right, I'm going to have to sit through however long this is. And it's just going to be inward, inward, inward. So I did. And there were some times I did pause and rewind it because I was like, oh, my God, you know. But here's the thing about me personally. I don't think he said anything wrong. Nothing wrong. I think his delivery could have been a little bit more gentle, perhaps. But he didn't say anything that wasn't correct. There was a point in his show where he was like, you know, there's real coochie and then there's trans coochie. You know, real coochie feels one way. Trans does not, not feel the way that real coochie does. And I'm not using the word you actually use. I refuse to be that vulgar, but no lies detected. He also said that, um, you know, there was a, 
Um, he, there was a time where he was in the club and this, this, what he thought was a dude walked up to him and was like, stop flirting with my woman. And he was like, going to smack the hell out of her because thought it was a dude. I think I've told you on this show that I've been in a situation like that. So there are, I think perhaps what you guys don't understand when I say you, I'm talking about specifically the trans community, the shit's confusing. And I don't, I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. It's confusing. I have been in situations. My mom, take for example, um, we went out and, and to be fair, I was in my own world. I did not see if I had seen it, I would have stopped it because I know my mom well enough to know what's coming with her. But I was trying to get some paperwork done for her. Um, I was, I was hungry. So I was trying to order some food at the same time. So all of my focus was either in my phone or on the paperwork. I wasn't paying attention. I heard voices, you know, as far as questions being asked, but I, I wasn't paying attention. Now, based on the voice that I heard, I didn't, I wasn't triggered because my mom kept saying, sir, can we have, sir, do you think, sir, 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 I wasn't triggered because I think at this point I was on the phone with my aunt and I don't, you know, sometimes I'm oblivious. So when, when she came back, I'm still on my phone at this point. I'm trying to text my brother, my nephew, and I'm looking over here and I'm low key mad about something else. And I'm like, mm, and then I hear, um, excuse me. And I turned around cause I recognize the voice. And this is the person that my mom has been saying, sir, sir, sir to. And I turn around and I'm instantly like, oh damn, my mom has been calling this person who identifies as female, sir, this whole time. So when he said, when she said, excuse me, I was like, oh, she about to be like, um, you need to get your mama. And so I looked and I was like, and then my mom is talking to her at the time. And now she's just ignoring my mom. She's like, sir, my mom, my mom was like, sir, sir, sir. And I was like, mom, my mom. And I was like, I'm sorry. Can you give us a minute? She's like, yeah. And she went off. So I said to my mom, I'm like, no, mom, that's, you have to say ma'am or she, or, you know, her or whatever, but you can't say sir. And my mom was like, why? It's dude. <laughs> so in her defense, even, um, with how she was presenting, like I said, the voice was really deep was about six, five kind of linebacker build. Um, and the only thing that was really feminine, uh, as far as what, especially my, my 80 year old mom was looking at was the hair and the nails. There wasn't anything, you know, and my mom is, is, you know, I've told her, I was like, just because and we've had these conversations and I feel bad because now I feel like she's mad confused. It's like, mom, just because a guy paints his nails does not necessarily mean he's gay. People take care of themselves now. People like nails. People are artists. They try to express themselves in different ways because she's seen guys with nails that I believe are straight, but you know, who knows? But there's conversations that her and I have had. So now she's just confused. Now she's looking at this situation like, what the hell? So when she comes back, now my mom doesn't want to talk. And, and that's seeing her in that moment and having already watched the Dave Chappelle show, I was like, oh, damn, now I really get it. <laughs> and she's looking at this person and in her mind, she's like, that is a man. I don't care what my daughter just said to me. That is, and she's just looking at her like. And so the, you know, the lady's asking my mom, like, excuse me, do you, you know, what did you say? And my mom does not want to say a word because in her mind, she's like, I'm going to say something. When, and when she left, that's what my mom said. She's like, I didn't know if I was going to mess up, if I was going to say something wrong, because I'm confused. I said all that to say, that's a fair feeling to have sometimes. Sometimes we it's the flip side, right? Sometimes it's just a straight female as far as how they look, but you're lying. 
And that's the part that gets me because I've also heard several people in the trans community say, if you're involved with, with interested in or dating a trans woman and you find out that they're not a biological woman and you end it and you're no longer attracted, you're transphobic. Let me just let, look at you in the camera, in the eye and tell you right now, that is a lie from the devil. That is not true. Because what's, what's happened in that situation is they have manipulated you. They didn't tell you the truth at first. They got your feelings involved to the point where they think your feelings are so deep that it shouldn't matter. And then they told you. So they have tried to manipulate your ability to choose away from you. I've said that before. I'm, I'm going to say that. until So don't fall for that. Maybe just ask in, in the beginning, like, were you born a woman? I would suggest that to men. Trans women, I would suggest you telling that straight up. I know you guys think that it's not safe if you do, but you manipulating people's hearts, that don't sound safe to me either. But you know, you guys, you do you. So now we have a situation where people, trans people with Netflix are, are thinking about walking out. So let me just read this statement that Netflix put out. Says Chappelle is one of our most popular stand-up comedians today, and we have a long-standing deal with him. His last specials, Sticks and Stones, also controversial, is our most watched, stickiest, and most award-winning stand-up special to date. As with our talent, we work hard to support their creative freedom, even though this means there will always be content on Netflix some people find harmful. So then if you go to, to most, I didn't even know they, um, most was a, uh, actual Twitter page, but, uh, Netflix has a Twitter account, uh, specifically to reach out and, and, um, speak to and find out the needs of the LGBTQ community. And it's called most. So, and I don't know who mans this. I probably should have found that out, but basically says, um, Sorry we haven't posted, sorry we haven't been posting, this week effing sucks. To be clear, as the queer and trans people who run this account, you can imagine that the last couple of weeks have been hard. We can't always control what goes on screen. We can control, what we can control is what we create here and the point of view we bring to internal conversations. So obviously there are, are still some significantly hurt feelings in this situation. And I have listened to, I have made it a point because this is one of those situations for me personally, I can bow out of. And I know that sounds bad, but I can bow out. I don't have a dog in this race. Um, I know how I feel about the situation and I don't feel it warrants a conversation. The only reason that I am talking about it now is because the canceled Dave Chappelle narrative is circulating. So yes, is a, is a sit down at the table conversation warranted? Yes. Was Dave Chappelle correct? little vulgar, but correcting 99% of what he said? Absolutely. Is some of the stuff that you guys say in, in, in your community weird to me? You're damn right. All of that can exist on the same plane without anything being malicious. The fact that y'all are taking this thing maliciously is so perplexing to me. So let me know. If y'all are in this community, please, by all means, let me know. Because I don't understand it. And I'm just being honest. I don't understand it, but I can tell you this right now. What we're not going to do is cancel Dave Chappelle. That's not happening. Get that out your system. Any other conversation y'all want to have outside of that, that's cool. But Netflix, 
Stay the course, love, because we we real tired of y'all canceling our folks. And we'll build a whole nother platform at this point. Dave Chappelle is that guy that can make black people come together and build a black ass platform. Stay the course, Netflix. Stay the course. I'm Jackie Ray. We'll be right back. All right, all right. Once again, it's your girl, Jackie Ray. You can follow me on all things social media at Jerry the Fanatic. I'm going to watch my time on this one. I went way over, so this one's going to be short and sweet on this segment. But let's get into this Kyrie Irving situation. Um, Kyrie finally went live on his IG, which I was so thankful for because I, I didn't like that everyone, especially Stephen A. I don't know if you guys still watch First Take. I, I be talking about First Take to so many people. People be like, you still watch First Take? Yes, I do. Stephen A has just gone on and said that he's not a good teammate. He's not reliable. He's this, he's that. Um, I saw Don Lemon say, oh, it's about a team, Team America. You can kick rocks on that, Don, and you know I like you. But kick rocks on Team America. What? Team America ain't Team Black. Stop it. But everybody was spinning this narrative. And then I was like, oh, no, we got a whole nother level of problems when all these these white racist Republicans who were saying shut up and dribble, who were saying Colin Kaepernick was wrong and all that other stuff started co-signing on Kyrie's stance. And I'm like, yo, Kyrie, this ain't right. Like, you are the guy that advocates for the black community. Uh, you got the wrong side with you. That's always my test. If you guys didn't know, I'm fully vaccinated. I always had intended to become fully vaccinated. However, I was going to wait a week, a year because in my head, I was like, let me see if anybody grow, you know, an arm out their eye, you know, or whatever, an extra titty on their forehead, something. I'm going to wait. I'm not going to do this right away because this came out too quick. I'm a reporter for the Long Beach Post. I ended up going to um, an event out there and these alt-right proud boys came and were just crazy alt-right. <laughs> so at that moment in time, I was like, mm, I don't want to be on any side that they're on. Let me go ahead and get this shot. That, that's outside of understanding how difficult it was going to be for me to move through this world, especially with, when it comes to my employment. And I'm not Kyrie. I ain't got it like that. I need my check. I can't sit at home and pay rent. I'm not like that. I ain't got it like that. So I was like, I'm not even going to put myself in a situation where all of a sudden I do have a big gig at NBC or CBS, and I can't even get into the building because I know this vac they have a vaccine mandate. And I'm freelance, and then all of a sudden I can't do it because now I, I haven't had either shot. So I was already on the fence of when I was going to get it, but my goal was to wait until my birthday to get it because at that time, since it came out in January, I was like, all right, that's going to be 11 months. That's close enough. I'll get it right after my birthday. My birthday is November 9th. If y'all want to start planning ahead to give me birthday presents, feel free, feel free. Um, uh, DM me and I'll let you know my PO box. But so that was my goal. So in July, that's when I did that event. And that's when I was like, not going to be able to do it. I am not going to have my likeness, my thought process, anything like that affiliated with this, these people. And then you have Donald Trump Jr. come out and say that Kyrie Irving has done more he has sacrificed more than Colin Kaepernick. At that point, I will admit, I became very, very angry with Kyrie because, I, because he hadn't said anything. And now you have this racist mini twat 
who's out here saying that you have done more in this moment as if to negate everything you've done for the black community, as if, as if to negate your personal convictions with regards to your own community. And he's using this moment, he's using you in this moment to perpetuate his own propaganda and you said nothing. And I became very angry with Kyrie. And then, because I have notifications on, shouts out to Instagram for putting that bell at the top instead of me having to click on something and then go down to turn on notifications. I'm glad you simplified that. I just want to give you a shout out real quick. I think maybe that's why y'all been struggling because y'all been doing these updates, but I, I'm digging the updates. I never really do, but shouts out to Instagram. I'm digging the updates. So I get this notification that Kyrie's gone live. My first thing was, oh damn, what is he saying? So I go to his, his Instagram live and... If y'all saw me on the Fumble Live, y'all know I said I thought he might have been high. Now, I realize that that's rude to say, but I meant it because he was all over the place. At one point, he said, we just came out of the craziest pandemic of all time. Do you think people are thinking rationally? I'm not thinking rationally, but it, it should, the focus shouldn't be on me. I agree with that, that part. The focus shouldn't be on Kyrie. The majority of the league is vaccinated. The fact that we are focusing on one individual is asinine to me. It makes sense, though. It's the Nets. The Nets, we have said, is that super team now. But it's that super team because of KD, James Harden, and Kyrie on the floor at the same time, which we didn't get to see last season. So I understand fully why the focus is on him, but that statement is right. And his next statement is, well, you know, we, as basketball players... We have to sacrifice a lot to be in this space. Do you think I want to be at home? I've sacrificed since I was in the fourth grade to be in this space. That confused me because I'm like, sir, you can't say that being in this space requires sacrifice, but then you personally are not going to sacrifice to be in that space. That bothered me. His, let me just be clear. His whole, however long that thing was, and I watched it beginning to end. That's another one that I had to watch beginning to end twice because I was like, what exactly is his point? He said that he wanted to stand and be a voice for the voiceless, meaning people who had to, who basically are people like me, who at some point, I didn't have to make that choice right now. I was just getting in front of it. But at some point it was coming. Or I was going to have to choose between being vaccinated or getting a check. So he wanted to be my voice. I know the pilots at Southwest are laughing like, okay, okay. <laughs> anyway, um, but he wanted to be that voice. That bothered me because black people have disproportionately died, not lost jobs, died from COVID-19. You didn't address them at all. You didn't say anything about them. How, how is that not in your narrative? Where is their voice? Where is the voice of the people who have been drastically impacted by this virus? Even if you want to say, you know what, it's some of, some of the, uh, let me not say some, a huge part of the reason why that's happening to our communities is because we are in food deserts. We have diabetes, hypertension. There's environmental uh, reasons for that. There's access to healthy food that are reasons for that. There's a plethora of reasons for that, that our government can and should address, address, but has not. 
this is why we're dying. So even if you said, yo, you're asking us to get a vaccine because we're, because we're dying from this, but you haven't addressed the pre-existing conditions that are causing us to die from this. I would have rocked with that too. Still would have wanted to see you on the floor. Cause you are my favorite point guard of all time. I don't care what y'all say. He's a little weird. He's eccentric. I know, but I love him. I still want to see you on the floor floor personally, but that's my own personal desire. If you would have said anything that made sense to me, I would have rocked with it. If you would have said, Hey, 16,000 police officers don't have the vaccine. Why do I have to get the vaccine? Because technically the rule is in order to come into the Barclay center, you have to be vaccinated. So what if some, what if we have a malice in the Barclay <laughs> police got to come in who 16,000 police officers can't. What if people are hurt in that situation? There's a, a legal mandate right now that says you can't, the city of New York can't require medical personnel to get vaccinated. Is it okay that they treat me even though they're not vaccinated? And if that is the case, why do I have to get vaccinated? I am a basketball player. I am not going to render aid to anyone. I might because I'm Kyrie. I feel like he would if he had to, if he knows how. But that's not his job. That's not what he's doing on a day in and day out basis. Why is why is the focus on Kyrie? It should not be. The focus should be on law enforcement, 16,000 officers that don't have it and refuse to get it, and the medical personnel that are refusing to get it. And the fact that there's a federal injunction that says you can't make them get it. That's where the focus should be. Do I think that there should be an exception made for Kyrie? At this point, yes, I do. I didn't think that on Monday, <laughs> but on Monday, I didn't know about these police officers and medical personnel. Absolutely. There should be an exception made for Kyrie. But Kyrie needs to really learn. And, and the thing is, I know this is going to sound crazy. I think that Kyrie is very educated, flat earth, earth and all. I think he's very well read and for him not to disseminate the, a message that makes sense and sounds that anything sounds like anything more than babble is disappointing to me. That being said, I am team Kyrie. New York needs to make an exception for Kyrie. Kyrie needs to be on that floor. He needs to be playing basketball with his team. Period. You making all these other exceptions for other people make this exception for Kyrie. I said it. I meant it. It's ridiculous. Kyrie, stop talking. Unless you're going to say something that makes sense. You said what you said for way too long. A lot of it didn't make sense. I think you thought about it for like 30 seconds before you got on that live. That wasn't enough. Don't say nothing else. But yes, New York needs to make an exception for Kyrie. All right, we'll be right back. Once again, I'm your girl, Jackie Ray. This is at the half. We're at the half of at the half. I forgot to say that. We'll be back in two seconds. Stay with us. We are in the home stretch, y'all. Don't forget to check me out on all things social media at Fanatic. Check me out Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on The Fumble Live on YouTube. Check me out every Tuesday. Maybe not this Tuesday. It depends on, you know, what happens with the Dodgers and whatnot. Um, but if not, check me out every Tuesday on The Good News Radio with Nick Hamilton. Um, we do our show, The Opposite Reaction. I think if I'm on anything else, y'all, I'll be working so hard. Oh, uh, Tuesday. Also check me out on the word on long beach that comes out on SoundCloud. I think that's it. I think I got it all covered. 
But I want to talk about something that I posted on my Instagram story. And one of my friends that I totally 100% respect his opinion, um, a fellow journalist, also a model fitness trainer. He does a lot. But um, Tony Anderson responded to it. So I, I don't know if you guys have seen the album cover for Meek Mill. I, it's ridiculous, first of all. It's not well done, in my opinion. That being said, I found out it was um, done by a black female artist, which now I have to go and research her. So make sure y'all come back next week so we can talk about that a little bit because I, I was perplexed and bewildered when I found out that it was a black female who decided to go out and paint this. But <clears throat> if you haven't seen it, just go and check out Meek Mill's new album cover. Um, basically it looks kind of like a cartoon of like a Luke concert. <laughs> you know, it's not, it's not the most well thought out. It, it, the colors, it's like, it's kind of like, I'm trying, I'm looking at it and I'm trying to, to depict it. So, um, a character who basically looks like a meek mill with a high top fade is in the middle. There's a girl on the bottom, right. That's bending over and a, a pink dot is there to re represent her coochie. And then there's like a stick figure girl at the top with, you know, prolonged boobies and big black nipples. And there's a car. I don't know what the hell else is going on. There's some dice in here. There's some uh, yachts. It's basically a children's drawing of the most ratchet, butt naked video rap video you would ever see in your life. You know what I'm saying? It's not, again, I, it's not, visually appealing to me. I don't think it's well thought out. I don't think it's good. I don't want to take away from this black woman who's an, the artist, um, but I don't like it. You know what I mean? I'm not going to like everything. I think it's a terrible, terrible <laughs> picture on a, on an album. Cool. But this was on the side of a bus y'all. So there's this dad from Philly and he calls it disgusting. He says it's ridiculous. You know, I believe he was walking down the street. He was either walking down the street or he either I didn't, I couldn't see, but I felt like there was a little girl standing next to him, but he was kind of holding the phone funny. So I couldn't really see, but it, but he definitely has a child. So I think it's trash. I don't like it at all. So I posted that on my Instagram story and then Tony Anderson, make sure you go check him out. Let me tell you his Instagram because he's, his, his, um, uh, Instagram is, is a lot of fun. So his Tony Anderson, T O N Y Anderson TV, go check him out on Instagram. So he, basically hits me up and he calls me out on it. He goes, I don't understand why women are so offended by this. I said, what you mean? Valid points all across the board for Tony Anderson. Um, I personally not, I'm a Cardi B fan because I, I followed her from when her teeth were jacked up and she was on love and hip hop or whatever. So I I've liked her for a long time, but that WAP song, not a fan. Um, Meg the Stallion, not a fan of 90% of her music. Um, so he's like, well, what's, what's the problem though? You know, you got women from Cardi B, Lizzo, Meg the Stallion. Uh, what's her, what's that new one? Doja Cat. Like they're all out here selling sex, but then when it's on a rapper's album cover, women have a problem with it. Like why is there this double standard? Facts. Like I didn't have any real argument for that. That's a factual statement because that kind of goes back to what I said about the N word, right? You can't continually 
put that out there while at the same time saying, don't use this. So, and I've said this to young girls all the time. I am very pro, look, if that's what you want to do, and this is one of those topics that I, again, I have to tread lightly on, especially because I'm a woman and people, women get mad at me when I say this. I'm not Sage Steele like where I feel like if you're, if you are sick, cause I'm on, you know, look, I got the girls out right now. I sit on air like this a lot where I just, I, you know what I mean? Where just to the point where you can see the line and see the cleavage. I love that look on women. I think it's very cute. I think it's sexy without being overt. I think it's, I like it. You know what I mean? Like I, the, uh, that hint of sexy is beautiful to me. Um, now if I'm dressed like this with a skirt that, you know, if I sit down, you might see my hoo-ha. That's not professional. I don't think that's appropriate. But I think if you got it and you can rock it, rock it in a tasteful way, that's cool. I think when you all of a sudden are like bend over and like I said, look like you on Luke's world tour, suddenly you, you put yourself in a different situation. I was like, I just don't, I don't think you should put yourself out there where the first thing, and I have a friend, well, an associate, y'all know I don't use that word friend like that, but I have an associate that I had to tell her the same thing. You know, you, you walk into the room and people are treating you a certain way. However, you've got, you know, these double D titties that every time you walk, you got to put one back in. And <laughs> it's not like <laughs> it, we literally getting, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's a different kind of situation. So, but again, if that's what you're, if that's how you're comfortable presenting yourself, you still have to understand that there is, that warrants a certain amount of whatever. I understand. And, and I don't know if this is going to make sense to you, but I understand that when I walk in a room, depending on the room, I understand that I'm going to get, I'm trying to tread lightly. Lord have mercy. I ain't, I ain't had a podcast where I treaded this lightly in a long time. I think it's because I got so many <laughs> really big outlets that I'm with right now and I don't want them, but look, I'm trying to figure out how to, I'm not. Um, <laughs> I understand that when I walk into a room, how I present myself. And I, and now I have a friend who pointed it out to me one day. When I walk into a room that is not predominantly black, there's something about my walk, my stature, my mannerisms that says, Hey, don't come over here with no dumb shit. You understand what I'm saying? Like, don't come over here trying to be overly nice to me. Don't come over here asking me black questions. Don't come over here trying to get to know me because I I'm good over here by myself. And I know some of that comes from growing up and going to a predominantly white high school and hearing the things that I heard and being treated the way that I was treated and, and was like, okay, y'all, y'all, that's cool. That's cool. And I know that a lot of that I still rock with, but I also know a lot of that is the world that we live in as well. It's not all from high school. It's all, not all childhood drama. So trauma. So I know that when I, so now in my reporting life, especially since I'm so used to the sports world and now I'm back in the hard news world. So I know when I, when I step into a situation, no matter how Becky, my Becky is not on point. I be thinking it is, but it is not. No matter how much <laughs> I try to Becky it up, I'm always tested in certain situations. I always attract people that are not pro-black, people that think that me being pro-black makes me racist. I'm going to say this again. Black people can't be racist. I don't care what y'all say. Um, we can have, we'll have a conversation about that at another time, but I understand that about myself and I'm, and I'm cool with it. 
I could make a conscious effort to work on that a little bit more to, to make myself a little bit more approachable to people who aren't not who are not black. I could work on that. I could be more conscious of that, more mindful of that. I could talk to somebody about that to help me with that. I could, but I'm cool with the way I am. I like it. So if that's how they are and they like it, that's cool. But where is the balance? Now, he pointed out to me because, you know, Beyonce is I'm, I'm part of the beehive, y'all. Beyonce is the end all be all with me. So he he sent me this picture. It's a video with Jay-Z and Beyonce. And Beyonce clearly doesn't have a top on or maybe she doesn't. You just can't see it because of the way her hair is positioned. And then a G string. And he goes, and this isn't this isn't distasteful to you. This isn't hoochie. First of all, no, it's the queen bee. <laughs> Second of all, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's sensual, but it's not distasteful. It's not raunchy. And her husband's sitting right there. And he was like, see, this is where I don't like it. I don't, he says, I don't like that some, one woman being butt-ass naked is considered sensual and tasteful. And another woman being butt-ass naked is considered raunchy and distasteful. And she's a hoochie. And I was like, that's fair. So then I went back and I looked at some of the pictures of Beyonce where she, but she, and and it, it is what it is. I don't know how else to present it. It's always like this classy. I love as far as like paintings and photography. I love those implied nude spreads where, you know, you can tell they're naked or maybe they're not. Maybe, you know what I mean? It's just one of those things that you can't really tell because everything's like positioned. And I love that. I think that's so artistic and it's so beautiful. Um, I've not seen anything Cardi B has done where she's been butt ass naked, anything that Lizzo's done where she's been butt ass naked or anything that Megan Thee Stallion has done that has, she's done. That's been butt ass naked that I find sensual and beautiful and artistic. Not one time. Everything they've done is raunchy, which I, I had to own that. Like, that's not fair. Like if one woman being dressed in it with more just because of the, what she's wearing or the way she's doing it. The fact of the matter is she don't have no clothes on or she has very little clothes on. It can't be that way. So I had to own that. I'm going to own it. I'm going to own it. I'm going to own it. I don't know how to fix that. But I do know as women, we go through so much and we have to work so hard. I think sexy is cool. But I just think that the battle uphill becomes that much steeper when you present yourself in a manner that says all I am is sex. But maybe that's not my battle to fight. You know, that that's how they want to present themselves. That's, you know, at the same time, it's cool for me to not be cool with it. Like, I'm not going to do it. I want to be around people who do it. That's fine. I think the message of this podcast is like, it's cool to not be cool with stuff. It's cool. As long as you're not hurting anybody, disrespecting anybody or preventing them from having opportunities, you not wanting to rock with them is cool. At least I think. I, I bet, I bet my, my inbox is going to be a little full on Monday, but that's okay. Y'all don't forget to check me out on all things social media at J-Ray the Fanatic. This has been a fun show. I'm glad to be back. I'm glad that I'm back in L.A. because there was a moment in time I didn't think I was going to make it. Follow me on all things social media at J-Ray the Fanatic, and I will see you next week. Be safe. Be safe.